0: Back in 1998, I had lunch sitting on the deck of the Titanic. Of course, this was at the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean, and I was sitting inside a submarine. It was one of the two mere submersibles that we had taken down to the Titanic in a series of dives. We were doing some research uh, on the Titanic about the same time as the movie Titanic was being filmed. Of course that was an amazing trip where we went down there and got a chance to see both the two halves of the Titanic as it split apart and even slowly lowered down inside, see the grand staircase and the chandeliers waving and all the coal that, that it spilled out. But it was really quite a serene and uh, surreal time to sit there literally on the deck of the Titanic drinking our hot tea and eating our tea sandwiches back in 1998. I'm Richard Garriott, and this is I Love You So Much.
1: Welcome to I Love You So Much, the Austin 360 podcast, a show for everyone caught up in an ongoing love affair with Austin, even if it's complicated. I'm your host,
2: Tali Mosley.
3: I'm Omar Gayaga.
2: And I'm Addie Broyles, coming to you from the shores of Lady Bird Lake in the offices of the Austin American Statesman. For our 50th episode, we're Going Places. In this special travel episode, we talk to some of our travel expert friends and colleagues about staycations, affordable excursions, and nearby adventures
3: for adrenaline junkies. Statesman travel editor Kristen Finan is on the show today to talk trips that get you the most bang for your buck creative day trips from Austin, Texas beaches post Harvey, and even a new obstacle course on the water.
2: Helen Anders is a longtime travel writer and has watched travel as a whole change for Americans. She joins us to talk about hotels versus Airbnb, unlikely but awesome trips, and how she broke into the business in the first place. What's your level of adventure? Statesman fitness reporter
1: Pam LeBlanc gives you options for trips to take that range from eyebrow raising to heart pounding. Whether you just want to dip a toe into the adventure pool or you're ready to dive into danger headfirst, we've got options for you.
2: Thanks for coming in the studio, Kristen. I'm so happy to be here. So you have spent the spring and early summer visiting Texas beaches to find out how they're doing after the hurricanes, just how they're doing in general. Do you want to fill us in on specifically, I guess, let's start with Port Aransas and Rockport, which were heaviest hit by Hurricane Harvey last year.
4: Yes. So I was there right before spring break and was very pleasantly surprised to see that pretty much everything you'd want was back open. Obviously, they're still struggling. There's still things that are closed. But, you know, I'd say the full beach experience that we expected going as a family and and we went as a family this time was there. So you could go to the little grocery store, you could go fishing, you could go to the candy shop, you could um, go to most of your favorite restaurants, and then there were plenty of places to stay. So we got the full experience. And what was really overwhelming is everyone was so incredibly grateful mm-hmm. that we were there. They were like, we really need to spread the word that we're open so that we can get those tourism dollars back up and, you know, get our economy back rolling where it should be. So it was just really eye opening, but also just awesome to see a town that we love so much. And we go there all the time Um just kind of just persevering and the spirit and the strength they had to have. And and they're just, they're still doing it. Do you, but, have, a, oh.
2: Oh. Do you have a place that you like to stay or how, I mean, I just sort of like, I don't know, I guess I just Google like Port Aransas hotels whenever I tend to go down there. But do you have a set place that you always go to or, or what's your discovery process? We there?
4: have, um, we go to a condo complex called Seabreeze that's real close to the beach and it's super affordable and that's been one of our favorites. But this time we did a home away house. And it was perfect um, just because – and and you'll find a lot of HomeAway and Airbnb properties there. And this was awesome because, of course, if you're going – my mom went with us. And if it's multi-generational, then you've got the kitchen. Everyone can gather. You can mm-hmm. cook and not do the restaurant thing when everybody's melting down after being in the sun all day. Mm-hmm. And then you can all have your own space <laughs> and not drive each other totally crazy. So that was a perfect option. And they have a whole lot of HomeAway and Airbnb
3: it's options. it's nice when you're at the beach to have the kitchen set up and all that, be able to cook, get your groceries, all that. Yes. Um, I was going to say what my family like we're we're big South Padre Island people, like that's <laughs> that's always been our go to, but this is the first year that I've been looking at like Port Aransas, like, well, maybe I should help out. Maybe the, you know with the hurricane I should be going there and putting my dollars there instead of, you know, South Padre doesn't need my
4: money really <laughs> this right, year. Right. Right. I mean, they do. They need you desperately, mm-hmm. you know. Have you been hearing
2: reports now into the summer how things are going Are are crowds thinner than they used to be?
4: I think that they're, they are, but it's growing. So, I mean, I think they had a pretty good spring break, not mm-hmm. as much as they usually do. And then it's slowly building steam as people are going and seeing for themselves that things are up and running and you can still have like a great vacation mm-hmm. despite the hurricane. And what about Galveston? So, I was just in Galveston and Galveston's great. Galveston really wasn't impacted. Um, and Galveston is such a fun one. People ask me all the time, like, because they know I go to Port Aransas and Galveston both a lot. And mm-hmm. they're kind of like, well, which one? I'm like, yeah. you can't decide. It's like, you know, choosing. It <laughs> was my, my next children. question. I yeah. know. Because Port Aransas, it's the small beach town feel. You know, I really think that's like the getaway, go fishing on the dock, like spend all day outside. And Galveston has all those things. But like, if you're going to go and you're going to get, if you're somebody that gets really tired of the beach or tired of the sun, they have so many. Attractions, you know, they've got the tall ship Alyssa and they've got all these. We did a pottery studio while we were there and all the kind of bigger name and boutique shopping and big restaurants, and then like the pleasure pier, which has the whole amusement park aspect. So you really get like the full encompassing beach town, and Mm -hmm. it's really great if you have like different types of travelers with your family Mm -hmm. too, people that aren't sun people. And this time, for the first time, we stayed downtown at the Tremont house instead of staying right on the beach. And so they're connected with the Hotel Galvez. So you can go and do their swimming pool and all the beach stuff right there on the seawall. And then you're staying downtown, so in the evenings you can go do the restaurants and get a real feel for the nightlife, which is a really significant nightlife. It was really fun. That is so cool. Yeah. I
2: was amazed the first time I went to Galveston having when I moved to Texas, just the his- history there. I mean, downtown, there it is a historical place. Oh, I mean, absolutely. And, you know, I know they do the Dixons on the Strand at, at Christmas time. Um, but if you have history lovers in your family and you've never been to Galveston, I mean, go check it out. I don't know if they have i am sure they have a history museum, but they've they got do. plaques
4: all over. Yes, they've and, got all that. Yeah, and then the water lines from the various storms and and it's it's just it was it's amazing for kind of everybody
3: well let's say you're not a beach person let's say you <laughs> want to do more like nightlife and and outdoorsy stuff um, I mean one thing I've been looking at uh, to try to beat the heat is just like like morning hikes or things in, at night uh, what are some things like kind of hill country kind of getaways or staycation-y type things you can do like without driving too far out of Austin
4: yeah well my favorite is Fredericksburg and doing Enchanted Rock oh, so yeah. I mean it gets so crowded but you've got to go super early wake up set your alarm for 5am but get out there do the morning hike before it's too hot but Enchanted Rock I mean it's just like one of the Texas essentials for sure um, and then for I like staying in Fredericksburg I stayed at a place called Starry Studio and this is one you can't take with kids so this would be a good couples or, or friend trip but it's called Starry Studio, and it's just an artist studio, and it's just a block off Main Street. So you can stay there, and then you can go do all the Main Street, you know, sip, sip and stroll and the shopping and all the restaurants there. And I just think it's such a cool, you know, way you can still go get your exercise and see the beauty of Texas, and then you get to have that, like, all the amenities downtown, So too. do you
2: do a couple nights on these day trips? Usually. Yeah, yeah usually no, you fewer, I mean, one night, it just doesn't—you don't really relax if you just go for one night.
4: Yeah, I mean, there, there are times where it's like that's all you can get sure. away for, yeah. but it, ideally you want to take— two or three
2: and so then do you also do johnson to wimberley or i mean what are some other areas that you would head to i mean i love i also love going uh, west to fredericksburg but you're right like the crowds at enchanted rock i mean i think during the summer it when it gets super super hot they start to die off but yeah mm-hmm. you have to get there really early. right yeah um but yeah what are some other maybe unexpected places that you would recommend people to go to
4: well i mean in the summer and omar can speak to this for sure like new Romfuls and green is oh, yeah. just <laughs> i mean it's so easy and we were we're doing schlitterbahn this week you know and we're talking about spending an extra night or two just to get the full feel Landa mm-hmm. Park is so much fun I went mm-hmm. there last year for the for the first time oh yeah
3: I've been, I've been running there in the mornings it's fantastic
4: oh my gosh and the spring fed pool that's there oh and- there's
3: deer and rabbits and I mean like I literally like ran into a flock of deer as I was jogging the other <laughs> morning and then was taking pictures and ducks everywhere it's just like it's so awesome well, yeah. Yeah.
4: is there a spring fed pool that you can swim in oh yeah. yes
3: yes yes, yes. It's and awesome. it has
4: like cool and, like a rope swing and stuff the kids okay, love okay so imagine
3: imagine Barton Springs yeah. with no people there oh yeah. <laughs> like, that's so awesome.
4: is. we were blown away it was I so great it. and then right around. Around the corner is, like, the Kamal, and you can go, you know, do the tubing. It's just... And you're, like,
3: 10 minutes from Green. You can go to the Gristmill or the Green Hall. Like, there's a lot there. And I'll tell you this about New Braunfels. Like, since I moved there in 2004, like, we have real restaurants now. Mm-hmm. We have the farmer's market on Saturdays. We have the draft house. Like, it's it has turned into a real bustling kind of hip social kind of place. And
2: if you're traveling with your family, you could still commute into Austin like Omar does and it's 40... go to work for a couple when days there's if no you traffic, need to. It's, yeah.
3: it's a straight 45 minutes. I mean, it might be a little bit... More traffic right now, just with all the tubers and stuff. But mm-hmm. you know, there there's an ice cream place within walking distance of of Schlitterbahn. Like there is a, it is really built out since I've lived there. That's
2: so. neat. Yeah. Do you uh, ever head north? East? Um, yes.
3: Bustling Round Rock.
2: I was going to say Waco <laughs> seems like it is, I don't know,
4: we've talked about Fixer Upper sort of revitalizing yeah.
2: that whole town. Have you Have you done a day trip up there?
4: We have, and I love um, Cameron Park and Cameron Zoo. Like Those are wonderful if you're going with the kids, for sure. The museum scene in Waco is also extremely impressive, in addition to the Dr. Pepper Museum. <laughs> um, there's a lot of uh, history museums. There's a dinosaur um, exhibit there now, and it's just a really great, like there's plenty to do for just a simple day. And also the dining scene. Um, my my favorite restaurant that I like to talk about in Waco is called Health Camp, oh, which yes. is the double, triple meat bacon burger with milkshakes. <laughs> oh, so it's, it's ironic, ironic. name. It's <laughs> ironic, yeah. <laughs> um, but, the, but there's a lot of really fine dining that's popping up and and the scene there, I just love, I love it. How yeah. do you, oh, I wanted to, one last Waco
2: question. I mean, how do you recommend for people to do Magnolia if they haven't done it before? Uh, I mean, what a silo! Or I'm not sure what you We're talking about the fixer-upper yeah, thing. Yeah, Joanna and Chip Gaines is. I mean, they. I just. It's just. I mean, they had a marathon there this year for the first time because Chip wanted
4: to run a marathon and there were there were no marathons in Waco. So Bring yeah. the marathon <laughs> to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I my, I think you just have to go and just you go
2: early and get parking just, and then just sort of like plan to spend a couple hours there and then get the heck out and do something. That's else. what I would do. Yeah. yeah,
4: I would go as early as possible, right at the opening, mm-hmm. and then spend the rest of the afternoon seeing the rest of Waco. Yeah,
2: there. Um, I've always on my bucket list. There's the grist mill that's up there where they, they do actually instructional classes and tutorials on um, stone ground cornmeal. And like it's like quilting and canning and cheese making. And they sell a lot of their products actually in the Austin Market of Farmer's Markets and stuff. But it's, it's kind of a mecca if you want to get into food stuff. So, oh, wow. Yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah. Um, okay, so now I'm going east. Bastrop... LaGrange, do you do any of that stuff or along the Colorado River?
4: Yes, and I like, I well, I really love Bastrop. My um, grandpa actually had a ranch out there, so we spent a lot of time there. And just it's that small town vibe, but like elevated, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I just love the same idea. And the park scene, um, the Bastrop Park is wonderful because it's right on the lake, so you mm-hmm. can go do fishing, go do swimming, and then see all the downtown stuff. And then what's also really fun is if you go do – Bastrop, LaGrange, Smithville, then you could stay at like the Hyatt Lost Pines, you mm-hmm. know, and that yes. is such a different world too. So you mm-hmm. can go and like see small town Texas and then have that kind of resort experience so the kids get to do a Lazy River and you mm-hmm. get to have a glass of wine and feel like you got away and got out of Austin. And then there is the Lazy River that's shaped like Texas. Yes. The epic one. <laughs> oh, that I, I get I, to go a little further into I, Houston I, for. I see that on Instagram yes.
3: all the time. <laughs> yeah,
4: we went there last year and it was just as awesome as oh. I thought. It's at the Marriott Marquis in Houston <laughs> okay. and it is so fun it's just amazing who thought to do that is
2: there anything else cool going on in houston that you've seen pop up in the past year um i mean
4: houston's just i just love houston there's obviously the food scene of Mm -hmm. course is amazing um yeah, one of the things that I um, have been really excited to go check out is called the Buffalo Bayou Park Cistern. So it was a former drinking water reservoir, but now they do tours throughout the week, and you can go underground and see it. And if you see pictures of it, it'll, like, blow you away. It looks like you've stumbled into some kind of, like, crazy old painting. It's just amazing, and it's really, like, inspiring. It makes you think. So. I love learning how cities work, too. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Yeah.
3: Uh, how about, like, the stuff in, you know— We talked about staycations, but it feels like there's a lot of themed things you could do just staying here in town without even leaving your house. Like you could do like a bat thing. You could do like a brewery tour. Like what are some things that you think people should be looking at here in town?
4: Yes. So the bats, I'm was i an Austinite, a native Austinite, and I was convinced for a long time that the bats didn't exist because every time as a child or teen we went to go see them. I don't know if we timed it wrong or what, but I never saw them. So we finally decided to do a bat-themed staycation a couple weeks ago, and we just stayed at the Hyatt right on the – um, right on town lake and then you can pick up the um bat tours right there and so uh and then you can also have like bat themed drinks which they serve at the four seasons and set out on the meadow and so we did a bat themed one and it was amazing i mean this is a really great time to see them it's spectacular just plan to be there around seven and then go out on the boat and it was i mean
3: and the bats like fly over you or they do yeah,
4: yeah. i mean you, you just go under the bridge and i mean you do you're like waiting for guano and, and everything but but it was I mean it's stunning I it blanketed the sky and I I finally believe that the bats are a you big deal. in bats Austin, Austin. Yes. well and I when I tell people it just happens so much later than you think it does I mean yes. it's really at like that
2: almost dark Yeah, like it's not Really, at sunset, it is like eight thirty nine. Yeah, exactly.
5: Um,
4: your kids had an awesome time at that obstacle park on the lake. Can yes. you explain that? So this is a new place called Quest ATX, and there's a couple of them that are popping up. But what it is, it's basically a giant inflatable obstacle course. So you put on a life jacket and then you swim out. This one is located, yeah, right next to the airport. So it's act- it's really interesting because it's near the surf park too. So you could do a whole day of these things. But it's this lake, and you swim out, and then it's got. Um, like a, like a sea like an inflatable giant seesaw, and then it's got a rock climbing wall. But if you fall, you just fall into the water. Mm-hmm. And it was just because I mean, my kids are five, six, and nine, and every and it, and my husband and I also all of us had a blast. Like it was just so much. Were fun. you guys
2: also on the school course? We were. Oh yeah, uh, we this were is like all, American Ninja Style. We, we were all <laughs> over it.
4: The only thing. Was that it was so hot that it kind of burnt your toes? So oh, the their fabric solution, on the things, yes, yeah. was to give you a water gun, and then you just would shoot water on the obstacle course, <laughs> and it would solve the problem. I'm going to jump here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's exactly what it was like. Have you guys done the zip lines out at Lake Travis? We have not done those. We've done the um, ones out in Spicewood, Cypress Valley, mm-hmm. Canopy Tour, but I really want to try the Lake Travis ones because that would be so much fun, like right over the water.
3: Cool. Uh, well, Kristen, where can people find your your uh, travel stories and blog?
4: Um, so it's at Austin360. And my blog is called Loves a Trip. So that has all kinds of latest travel news and happenings uh, if you want to follow them. And on Instagram, I always like to plug that. Yes, it's at Kristen Finan.
2: Awesome. Thanks so much for coming in, Kristen. Thanks for having me
3: on. Thank you. I'll see you out there.
1: We have a special announcement. We at I Love You So Much are celebrating the show's one year anniversary with a happy hour, and you're all invited. It's coming Wednesday, August 1st at Indian Roller. The party starts at 6.30 and it's free to get in. Look for a Facebook invite near you or check out our show page for all the details. Now, on to the show. Helen Anders is retired, but still loves telling a good travel yarn. In this segment, she reveals what she looks for when she's traveling and how to extend your vacation dollar the clever way.
2: Thanks for coming to the studio, Helen. Um, thank you for having me. So you were a traveler before you were a travel writer. What made you curious about this new phase of your career?
5: Well, you know, I'm a lifelong journalist, and uh, it just sort of makes sense to write about what you love. uh, If you get to the point where people will let you do that, and I was lucky enough to be in that situation, Uh, John and I had been traveling. We're intense planners. We research places before we go, which means we have a minimum of bad experiences. Not that we never do, but we have a minimum. And uh, because of that, it's sort of, uh, you know, we found a lot of our friends were asking us what to do and where to go. And at one point, I pitched a travel story. Well, I don't forget whether I pitched it to Texas Highways or they pitched it to me. Everybody knows everybody here in Austin. <laughs> uh, and uh, I wrote about it, and uh, they liked it. And so when I was on the copy desk here, supposedly fixing errors, <laughs> I, uh, I also wrote uh, travel, started writing travel um, for the feature section and uh, – then I eventually wound up being sort of one of the designated travel writers along with the wonderful Pamela Blanc. Mm -hmm. And... after I retired in 2013, I just kept doing it. And happily, publications, including The Statesman, are still willing to publish it. So I'm in Austin 360 a good bit. That's
2: so great. And you're in San Francisco three times a year.
5: Yes, in San Francisco. (laughs) You know, I just can't get enough of that place. It's absolutely wonderful. It's one of the places where uh, I know at the back, like the back of my hand, I can tell you which bus numbers to take to get from anywhere to anywhere. Uh, sometimes if you live there, you get to where you uh, you like only a small part of the city. You're part of the city. I'm that way about Austin. I'm a South Austinite. I rarely come north of the river.
1: Oh, Helen, you don't know what you're missing. I know, I know, <laughs> and I do every now
5: and then. But, uh, you know, in San Francisco, I'm everywhere, and we like to always add in something we've not done before. So we cool. wound up with too many favorite places. A good problem to have. Um, yes. And along those lines, Helen, something I wanted to ask you was, When you're
1: traveling to a specific destination, do you have a set of experiences experiences that you gravitate towards? Like, are you looking for the best places to eat? Are you looking for the most novel athletic experiences? Are you trying to find festivals? Like, what are those sets of experiences that you naturally find yourself dropping into?
5: It's a really good question because every travel writer approaches it differently. Pam LeBlanc is after, you know, a real outdoorsy uh, experience and I kind of go away from that especially at my age I'm 66 I can't do what Pam does Uh, so we work together well in that you know we cover different sorts of areas I do love food so food is always a big part of it I like getting into whatever the locals are doing um not festivals, really, because I feel like if I land in a place when there's a festival going on, I will not get the usual, say, um, tell you ride experience because it's all a festival. Uh, go when there's nothing going on and see what the local people are doing. And in San Francisco, it's hanging out in Washington Square Park, you know, just lying there in the sun <laughs> if it's a, if, if the sun is out at all with the exception of last summer when it turned 106 on us. That was not amusing. <laughs> Where nobody has air <laughs> no, conditioning either. No, no, they don't. They, they say in San Francisco, I saw somebody on on uh Twitter today saying this, that only once a year is that hot enough to open a window. Well, they haven't been there in a while.
2: Mm, Global
5: warming has arrived and it gets warm. You
2: tapped into something that's really important about how travel writing has changed is it seems that readers and travelers are seeking something a little different than the resort destination vacation. I mean, not that people aren't doing that either, but will you talk a little bit about how this I don't want to, you know, say, give it all credit to Anthony Bourdain, but, you know, basically cultural, savvy traveling yes. that we're doing to these days.
5: I think Bourdain moved us a lot in that direction because he was all about uh, delving into the cultures and uh, enjoying the people as well as the food. You know, he had a, a long rant on people love Mexican food, but... You know, you got to love the Mexican people as well. Uh, and, you know, that's just, that's a wonderful thing. You really have to respect the cultures. Going back to San Francisco again, I remember being in a locals bar there a few years ago uh, when I had just booked an Airbnb, and all the locals in the bar were just, aghast about everyone buying up their apartment buildings and evicting them so they can turn the place into an airbnb for tourists mm-hmm. and it was really really hurting the local housing stock mm-hmm. and that just made me rethink you know here i am a little misprivileged air, you know parachuting in and helping to destroy the landscape that's not what the good traveler does uh, when i went to venice i I held my bag instead of dragging it along the cobblestone streets. You just try to be the best traveler you can be. Let's go back to what you're saying about the Airbnb
1: um, transformation, Helen, because I think that's so interesting that at the same time you want to delve into the culture, you also want to be a respectful tourist and the fact that you
5: are a tourist. So do you stay in Airbnbs anymore? I have not anymore since that experience. Uh, in crowded cities where I think it really is reducing the housing stock and perhaps it's doing it everywhere I need to look into that more but especially in cities um I, I just you can find, and we have ways of doing it. Hotels in San Francisco that don't cost an arm and a leg. We're getting ready to go this next time and stay in one, uh, two different hotels. I like to do that too. I like to stay in two different parts of an area because a whole week in the same part you don't experience as much.
1: New but, Orleans, this is
5: also an issue too. And New Orleans, it is an issue, but uh, it's it's pretty easy to find a one hundred and fifty dollar hotel room mm-hmm. anywhere. Okay, so
2: we got to get straight to these tips. <laughs> I know you are yes. a, a budget traveler. Who I am. You, you know that the everyday consumer is watching their wallet whenever they are traveling. What are some of your best practices that you advise people? Okay, well, one thing is uh, don't go in high
5: season. Uh, if and, and this is hard, so hard on families with kids. They have to. They have to travel in the summer. Uh, if you're doing that, regardless of when you're doing your travel. Try to do it midweek if you can. Avoid flying on Fridays and Sundays. Southwest, it isn't so much that way. Uh, But most of the airlines, if you're flying Fridays and Sundays, you're paying a premium to do that. Also, it depends on where you're flying. If you're flying into New Orleans, fly in in on a Sunday. Fly out on a Friday. That's the opposite of what everybody does. So you're going to get a good rate that way. Mm -hmm. Um, Hotel rooms, definitely cheaper during the week. In places like New Orleans and San Antonio, which have big, busy weekends, but in Houston and in Dallas, where the business travelers are the big deal, they all clear out on weekends. Hmm. So in those two cities, you can get the best deals on
2: weekends. Do you tend to buy the packages, the, like with the museum tickets or uh, you know, the admission into the zoo and the things like that, whenever you travel, or do you just do sort of individually tailored, you know, tickets for whatever you want to see? We generally do it ourselves. Um,
5: You can typically get cheaper museum tickets online. Mm. Uh, Sometimes go to something like the HEB has, you know, you can go to a local store and find some. But we we tend to, if you book it in advance online, you generally can save a few bucks that way. Mm -hmm. There are some good packages, but mostly I look at them and I think, well, this isn't any better than I could do for myself. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I will say that booking hotel rooms on the hotel's own website is very often cheaper than even going through any of the um, kayak or kayak orbits. and orbits yeah. well kayak will send you directly to the to the to the website oh, unlike got it. the others yeah. kayak doesn't try to book you itself it will send you to american airlines one thing that these um, Aggregate sites. There you go. I was looking for the word. <laughs> one thing the aggregate sites do that is a little dangerous uh, is with airlines. If they what they want to book you and you save money this way on different airlines within the same trip, it's real dangerous, especially in the summer. Because if you are late, that airline that secondary airline does not care that you miss the connection, and they're going to charge you a fee to change. So, you know, I never think about that. I just see connection and like move on. Yeah. But wow. gosh, And and avoiding connections in the summer is another thing, because if you miss a connection in the summer, you are so sunk because every single plane is totally booked to the ears.
1: Now, uh, question. What about rental cars? Is do you try to utilize public transportation whenever you are in? The,
5: your city, like, I mean, Dallas versus San Francisco, that's a world of difference. It certainly is, and even though Dallas, and Dart has really done a good job with oh, yeah. Dallas, but it's so big and so spread out, I always have you know, well, I drive my car anyway to Dallas. It's, it's three hours away. It's not a big deal. Yeah. But uh, San Francisco and places like that, San Diego I went to recently, totally public transportation and Uber and Lyft. Mm. Um, I was going to ask how Uber and Lyft have changed your travel you know, routine. Oh, it helps. All of the, the uh, ride-sharing uh, programs have saved some money. you got to be a little bit flexible. Uh, sometimes it doesn't come exactly when you expect it. Uh, Sometimes uh, I had a Lyft driver go to a hotel that was like half a mile away and park and not answer my texts and not answer my calls. And I had to cancel it. And then, I, of course, I had to go through the steps to get the cancellation fee Mm, done away with. But uh, more often than not, it's really, really helpful. You get some weird drivers every now and then. I I guess I had weird track taxi drivers too.
2: Interesting conversation for
5: when you're going to and from the airport. I love talking to drivers. (laughs) I learn a lot about a city. On my
2: way in, I just quiz the heck out of that driver. (laughs) That's a great travel tip. That is a great travel tip. Are you taking advantage of any of these, you know, we've got a lot more nonstop flights coming out of Austin taking advantage yes. of them what do you think about these budget airlines that are offering these new new flights well
5: you know uh, all things if all things were equal i would far rather travel on a legacy airplane because you you know you don't have to pay for absolutely everything you do and they fly more or less on time although it's a little bit of a bait and switch with Frontier yeah like they uh, Frontier no, you in with those hundred dollar yeah let's talk no Frontier so because... for each and every bag <laughs> yes but I you know the, the good thing for for me is that Frontier uh late summer is going to launch a non-stop to uh, Louisville Kentucky and I don't know how many Austinites jumped up and down about that but I did because I have a 102 year old grandfather in Louisville Kentucky and I want to see him as often as I can so,
2: so you'll be taking that flight I will
5: be on that flight that's be
2: great paying for yeah. your bags
5: and your sodas and it will well, be okay I'm not gonna, I don't take bags because I have clothes at my dad's oh, yes, house good. so you know that's a good one for me last question um
1: what travel destination surprise you Helen um, because this Ostensibly you are excited about every place you get to travel to and write about. Yeah. But what place was there that you it just you were delighted and you weren't you didn't even anticipate
5: how delighted you would be? Actually, I'd like to hit you with two of these. Um, the first one is I frequently I recently went to uh, Western Montana, which I knew would be good. I've seen the pictures, you know, but actually being in Glacier National Park, there's nothing like it. Mm-hmm. Those mountains are so tall, and I even went before the season started. You know, the the road to the sun won't open until July this year because they had heavy snows. When I think Montana, I think... Land, like a postcard. There's lots of land, land and it's pretty. <laughs> and we found some pretty good places to eat with our friends in Missoula. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we spent a couple of nights uh, in a little town right outside the park. Uh, we actually stayed in East Glacier, which is less crowded mm-hmm. than West Glacier. So that might be something for people to consider. But those mountains are so big. And, you know, glaciers. We were not able to get actually to a glacier because it was early in season. But my friends who've been there say, "Hey, the glaciers just look like a snowfield." And uh, as as our guide said on our on the boat trip we took around the lake, ah, uh, uh, they're new glaciers. They're only about two thousand years old. So <laughs> baby glaciers. I mean, I'm pretty pretty amazed <laughs> it's by like that dog anyway. Years. But but the, the mountains are amazing, and the lake is amazing. And uh, we had we had a pretty good uh, burger in the lodge. Mm. And they take care of the, the getting you up and down from the parking lot really well. So yeah, the other second one. Yeah. yeah. We're on the our, second, we're on the, one, the <laughs> second one, just because, uh, you know, you want something really surprising. I really like Beaumont.
2: Oh. Right.
5: Yeah. <laughs> okay. Beaumont, All right. It's like right. It's Beaumont Louisiana. Chamber of Commerce. It's like Helen Louisiana without being in Louisiana. They're, everything from the gators mm. to uh, the food, which is... You know, a lot of similar to Katy Uh They have good museums, including one that is about energy and and uh, the fact that you know oil is is very big in that part mm-hmm. of the state. So you learn about how it works uh, in the and they have an art museum that uh, showcases um, t- Texas and southeastern uh, artists and. Uh, It's it's very friendly. I really like it. It could use it for a few more hotels. That's the only thing I would say about it.
2: Okay. I want to sneak in two very quick questions. One is, do you have anything you love about the Austin airport? Or or loathe, but anything you know, that just—it's it's funny. I, I like its out.
5: size, but I also I like the parking and hate the parking at the same time. They run out of it, and mm-hmm. that's not good. But they're working on that, and yeah. they're building a new garage, and I think it's all going to be good. But I like that they shepherd you in and basically show you where to go, and those wonderful drivers pick you up and and remind you where you are. Great restaurants inside the restaurants. Yes, that is yeah. so new. Uh, second bar and kitchen has I one know in there now. <laughs> And you can sit down and have a nice civilized glass of wine if your flight is delayed. Um, I I think it's, and it's a very local experience. Very frequently, we will get off the plane uh, coming home and stop and pick up something to take home from a restaurant
2: inside the airport. That's so cool. Okay, very last question. What is on your bucket list for next year? Or, you know, I'm sure you're planning into 2019. What's on your list? We've started
5: to. The only thing we've got in stone for 2019 is a return to London with a side trip to Bath. Oh, Ooh. Jane Austen land. Yes. Oh, take me with so, you. Uh we're we're gonna do a bath. I I have been in bath, but not since the early seventies, and I'm sure. It's that adorable. Yeah. You'll love it. That will be a lovely trip. Yes. Well thank
2: you so much for joining us, Helen. Thank you. Safe travels this summer. Appreciate it. <laughs>
3: have in my hand a $20 gift certificate for Amy's Ice Cream. Not a sponsor, but you never know. Could happen. Call us up. <laughs> uh, with the name uh, of business reporter and assistant editor, Gary Dingus, on it. It's got your name right Woo! on it. Oh, <laughs> Ready ice cream for you? is
2: in your future, Gary.
6: Can't beat Amy's, too. So N-
3: Now, Gary, in order to win this certificate for delicious treats, you'll have to win a quiz we're calling... Can I be direct with you, Austin? <laughs> now, we have a list of cities, and Gary, who often writes about when airlines decide to open up some direct routes, sometimes Gary writes about that. He recently went to Paris. He's I did. It was amazing. Uh, so Gary must determine in these 10 true or false questions whether you can fly direct from Austin to these cities. So true, false. Some of these routes are new this year and will go live in a few months, but they've all been announced. And uh, we're working off of the Austin Bergstrom official direct flight list, which you can find online. We'll link to it in the show notes. Uh, So you'll get one point for every right answer, and you must get six points to win the Amy's ice cream.
2: I think
6: I can do that. 60%. Six out of
2: 10.
3: Okay, Okay. Gary, we, we're rooting for you. We want—I <laughs> want, don't want this ice cream. I, I'm taking the certificate either way. Just—just just know that. Well, I haven't actually purchased it. So oh,
6: <laughs> you got to win it.
3: Okay, <laughs> I see how it is. You'll get an email.
2: Okay, so Gary, true or false? Can you fly direct out of Austin to number one, Baltimore, Maryland?
6: Yes. <gasps> Hooray! Ding, ding, ding. One on Southwest,
2: right. is that now? He, he might remember you blog these so frequently. Is this a new one or is this a
6: that's been around for a little while? Uh, a lot of the ones that have been introduced this year are kind of um, a little more random. They're routes that the discount airlines like Frontier and ViaJet have been uh, adding. This
2: leads us to question number two: Can you fly direct to Buffalo, New York? Yes, you can on Frontier. Yes. Ding 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 ding. <laughs> that good was one,
3: good, Gary. Okay. Uh, Number three, Cozumel, Mexico. Yes. Our buzzer's not working. Mm. Ah. Oh, no! Now, you can fly direct to Cancun, but there is no direct flight. I was close. To Cozumel, (sighs) unfortunately. Let's make that happen uh, via Mexico or whoever airline would fly out of there.
2: Okay, so number four, LaGuardia Airport in New York.
3: Of course, yes. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. My buzzer's not working. (laughs) (laughs) What for Actually, real? False. You can fly into Newark and you can fly into Kennedy, but there is no direct flight to Laguardia out of Austin. That's lame. Yeah, that's lame.
2: Uh, okay, number five, Toronto, Canada.
6: Yes.
3: Hey, you got that one right.
2: Air Canada. That seems like a pretty obvious one. Uh, okay, Omar, you want to do the next one?
3: Yes. Okay. So number six, Oklahoma City. Yes. My buzzer's not working.
6: Ding, <laughs> ding, 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 ding.
3: Garrett got that one right.
6: Winner, winner, chicken dinner.
7: Oh, we're man, having, I really having,
2: liked your buzzer.
3: We're having some technical difficulties. That's right. Well, we t- just technical have to do it. Okay, but.
2: here's the next one. This is a long flight. Can you go direct from Austin to Kona Airport on the big island of Hawaii? No. Ding, 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 ding. You ding, ding, are ding, correct. Ding, you cannot <laughs> fly direct to Hawaii, although that would be pretty awesome. That
6: would be awesome. I'd take that.
2: Oh, man, I haven't been to Hawaii. Have you been to Hawaii?
6: No. It's on the list. Just
2: one day. Okay, number eight. Burbank, California.
6: Yes. That is false. <laughs> what? I thought JetBlue went there. No. Nope. Not anymore. Not oh. not, not, no. they dropped it. not direct.
2: I no. know. That's hard. Once it happens and then it goes away. Not that. I mean, Gary's beat is much more than <laughs> airlines.
6: If it was just airlines, I'd be in a little trouble right now for missing a few of these. No,
2: but Gary Covers, if you don't follow him uh, on Twitter, you really need to because he has all of the hot scoops on pretty much everything. Restaurants and retail. and.
3: Allegedly. Uh, so the next one, number nine, London, England. Yes. <laughs> British Airways. That and, was one of our first international flights.
2: Yes, and Norwegian Air. I think that that direct flight has really increased the number of people mm-hmm. going to yeah, London. There's actually I two see two lots de- of families going. Yeah, One
3: is Heathrow and one is the other the other city, oh, that's the other awesome. London one.
2: Okay, last question. Can you fly direct to San Antonio? No. Ding 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 ding. ding, ding, ding. I that guess. would be
6: like up in the air and back down immediately.
2: I wonder what is the shortest flight that that airlines do regularly. You, you know, know they what? I mean?
6: used to I, I grew up in the Houston area and they used to have a flight Continental back in the day would fly you from Ellington Air Force Base to Intercontinental Airport I mean, you were up and down in, like, five or ten minutes so that you could catch your flight, but they don't do that anymore.
2: Oh, wow. That's always amazing. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Okay, we have a bonus question for you. How many airlines offer direct flights from Austin to Atlanta?
6: Well, Delta for sure, because that's their main hub. Um, I'm going to say
3: three. Did I get it? Yeah, you even got the bonus Good job, Gary. I think...
2: I mean what's I think the final I ice cream? Let, let me tabulate here. One,
3: two, three, four, five, six you got seven right, and the bonus. So ding, 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 ding. you win some ice cream. You will get it in the email. You All can right. Keep the certificate for posterity. Uh, Gary, thank you for being on our travel episode and thank you for playing. Can I be direct with you, Austin? Anytime, guys. In Nicoladas on the beach, there's a new travel trend afoot, and it's the stuff of adventure. In this segment, Pam LeBlanc tells us how to be more daring with our travel, whether it's a literal walk in the park or hanging cliffside by your fingertips. welcome to I love you so much welcome back
7: thank you Omar
3: so we're thinking uh, since you are our adventurer you're the you're the year of adventure person uh, who we look to to like how do we make our lives a little bit more exciting (laughs) we were thinking we could look at three levels of risk-taking and adventure so like let's start with like the very baby steps of like I like my kids are eight and ten they're just now starting to get into things like kayaking and swimming uh, so what are some things people can do if they really just want to start out, test the waters, do a little bit of adventure, tiny yeah, adventures?
7: Sure. Um, I think that's a great idea, by the way. And one of the best ways to do that is is not far from Austin at all. You can dash over to Weberville. There's a place there called Cook's Canoes, and I think it cost about 25 bucks. You can rent a canoe or a kayak from him and get on the river, the Colorado River just downstream of Austin, for a five-mile trek, which – you know, if done in the leisurely fashion, it'll take you a couple of hours depending on water flow. You put in at little Weberville Park and get out at Big Weberville Park, and he'll come and pick you up and take you back to your car. So it's really logistically simple, and it's a good way to see if canoeing or kayaking. Um, at a more extreme level is something that you might be interested in.
3: So is that something uh, I think a lot of people that have never done that before think, oh, I'm going to fall over. Or it's going to roll over. I'm going to be underwater. It's like, you don't really get wet when you, if you're doing <laughs> no, it right.
7: You don't have to, but some of us like to get wet when we do it accidentally. Um, but no, the water right there in that area is very smooth and it's just like Ladybird Lake. is. Very slow moving. You're not gonna hit any rapids. You can look at fish, you can look at birds. It's and it looks very rural, actually. It's quite a pretty ride.
3: Where's Weberville from Austin?
7: It's just east, maybe fifteen or twenty minutes. It won't take you long to get there.
3: Going like toward Bastrop that area? Exactly. Okay, awesome. Yeah. So okay, so that's something you can do to start with. Uh sure. what's something kind of intermediate? Like okay, I've I've done some of that stuff. What where's some good day trips I could go to do, get a little bit more adventure in my life?
7: Well, I would recommend some of our fabulous state parks, Inklake Inks Lake State Park or um, Colorado Bend State Park is another good option. Pernell's Falls, just get out and camp, see if you like it, bring your kayak or canoe. Uh, One thing that I did earlier this spring was I headed down with a group of people who meet up every year and do a camping trip on the Texas coast. And this is a little more extreme, uh, not extreme exactly, but you have to be okay with getting sand in your tent and getting sand everywhere and kind of being a little bit hot and uncomfortable while you're out there. Um, We drove down to um, Raymondville and paid a fisherman uh, at the coast couple hundred bucks to shuttle, I think there were 10 of us all together, out to the coast where we set up camps uh, at a place called Mansfield Cut, which is the divider between North and South Padre Island. So we put up tents on the sand there. There's some jetties. There's no facilities at all. You don't have to take a boat. You can also drive from South Padre Island. It's like a three-hour drive through the sand. So you would have to have a four-wheel drive vehicle to do that. And that's why I opted for the boat. But we set up tents there um, and surfed and fished and camped for a couple of nights. And that was kind of an intermediate thing. It felt like we were pretty remote. But Um, really not all that far from Austin either
3: and this guy that that took you there like that is that his thing or did you just like find some random guy hey give give a couple hundred dollars tickets to the There's somebody (laughs) (laughs)
7: he's a fishing guide so he he guides people to fish Mm -hmm. professionally but one of the people in our group just offered to you know pay him to (laughs) drop us off we weren't we weren't fishing <laughs> off his boat, but we just needed the ride. Like, don't you guys want well. to fish? Like, no thanks. See ya.
3: <laughs> <Right>?
7: <laughs> and And actually, we got really lucky. I didn't know that there was decent surfing on the Texas coast. I mean, I kind of knew. I'm just now mm. getting into surfing. Yeah, the waves don't seem that big. No, yeah. but this was... Apparently, this is one of the stellar places in Texas to surf, if you're into that thing. Depends on the swell, and it depends on weather conditions, but we really lucked out. Um, and the, the guys I was with surfed a lot. We had pretty good waves. Oh, and fun. plus, I got so excited by by that, that I just got back this past week from a women's surf camp in Costa Rica, where I'm now determined to learn how to really, really surf. So how that are, was super fun.
3: How are the waves in Costa Rica?
7: Uh, they're pretty. <laughs> they are very tall.
3: Would you describe Actually. them as gnarly?
7: Um, yeah, I shredded <laughs> the gnar, as they say. It was super fun. <laughs> That's
3: awesome. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So uh, there's one that you that I you've been telling me about that uh, sounds amazing. So like, let's go to the extreme level. You are an adventurer. You're you're used to roughing it. You've been camping. What's something you can do to really challenge yourself? Well,
7: I really love paddling the West Texas rivers, And in the last year and a half, I've done two really great trips. One was paddling the the Devil's River, uh, which is about midway between here and the Big Big Bend area, if you're familiar with that. Uh, it's a beautiful, remote river, and it became more accessible in the last couple of years because Texas Parks and Wildlife opened some paddle camps along that route. Mm-hmm. It used to be that you had to worry about, you know, landowners pointing rifles at you and stuff if you got out and put your tent on the side of the river. But this gives people a legal way to get down the river without trespassing on anyone's private property. So that's really good news. You can do—I think I did a five-day, four-night trip on the river— um put in at a place called Baker's Crossing and got out at Devil's River State Natural Area and it's amazing the paddling you go over some you know small there's one big rapid that you have to portage around it's called Dolan Falls but other than that it's small rapids um beautiful camping sunsets fishing just crystal clear water and limestone bottoms. It's a lovely place.
3: And you get to tell people that you went to the Devil's River. Yeah, the Devil made you do it,
7: right? Another one that I just did this spring was the Pecos River. And I had always heard the Devil's River, the Devil's River, the Devil's River. And then I started hearing a little bit more about the Pecos River and found it was very different than the Devil's, but just amazingly beautiful as well. And the difference was the, the Pecos River kind of twists and cuts through areas with high canyon walls. So in a way, it almost felt like being in a miniature Grand Canyon. I mean, obviously, it's not that deep or that dramatic, but it was beautiful. The The rushing water has carved out kind of uh, curved walls that extend up maybe a couple hundred feet on each side of the river. As you go further down, it um, becomes more and more dramatic. And there's um, great places to camp along the side of that river, and you don't have to worry as much about anybody pointing a rifle at you when you do yeah, it. Yeah, let's hope that doesn't <laughs> yeah. happen to anybody yeah. listening to this right. podcast. <laughs> no, um, there are some rapids all along the way, and you do have to worry about leeches. Yes, leeches. But uh, the very last day, there's one big rapid. Um, the people that I went with this year were all capable of going through that rapid, but I portaged around it because I didn't feel as confident with my skills.
3: And portage, is, is that when you like get out yeah. of the water and drag yes. it around? Okay, Exactly, gotcha.
7: yeah. And you can just load your tent. And the nice thing about Uh, canoe and kayak camping is it's not as extreme or you don't have to worry as much about what you're bringing with you as you do when you backpack because you've got a whole boat to fill up with Mm. I mean not that you have a ton of space right you're in a kayak so you don't have a ton of space but you can put gear into your boat and, um, and it's not all on your back so you just float down the river with it and pull off set up your tent and cook dinner and then go on to the next place it's, it's super fun
3: it's more refreshing than just being in the heat standing <laughs> yeah. standing around yeah Great. i love it well everybody it's still summer get out go do some stuff uh be a little bit adventurous this year uh pam if people can find you on the fit city blog
7: yes um i'm on instagram as well fit city austin and fit city on facebook as
3: well look yeah follow her instagram she always posts amazing pictures from these places oh, i thanks. love seeing them uh thanks pam for being on the show yeah
7: absolutely have a good day
1: And now we've come to the moment in our show where we have a toast. This is where we go around talking about some things that we are into, and since this is a travel episode, we've got some travel-themed toasts. So, Omar, what do you have,
3: sir? This is gonna be the least (laughs) Austin-centric toast we've ever done. Go for it. Uh, Mine is Denver. Um, We were looking for a place to go um, that had mountains that was not so hot as Austin, so for our summer vacation with the kids, it was gonna be like somewhere cooler, so we were like, "Oh, Portland! Let's go to Portland!" And then we looked at the flights, and we were like, "Oh, Portland!" I
1: know. Okay, there are like it's flights expensive. of Portland are ex- that is the expensive part, yeah. are or the flights.
3: So then we're like, "How about Denver instead of Portland?" We did this
1: literally this exact <laughs> I think I was, same thing. I think I was
3: following your example of like, <laughs> "Oh, wait, Denver is like the cheaper Portland," uh, and our but our criteria was you know cooler mountains, outdoor stuff. And a pretty good, you know, like kind of restaurant scene or whatever we can eat. So, and all of that bared out. We went to uh, Rocky Mountain National Park and did a spectacular hike. One of the best drives ever, just to get there. I
1: know the views are Mm -hmm. so fantastic, gorgeous.
3: We ate. We had great restaurants. We ate at a place devoted to biscuits. Oh, a biscuit. The biscuit. Uh, the Denver biscuit company, which is amazing. It's basically like Gordo's, but instead of donuts, it's biscuits. That everything is amazing. On, I think everything I would is prefer biscuits. that actually. Mm-hmm. More it's savory. So everything mm-hmm. was. Everything was like. A burger on biscuits or a <laughs> like a uh, cordon bleu on biscuits or nice. a french toast you yeah, could have got
2: a torchy tacos but you didn't
3: i i saw that it was a tor- <laughs> and and i mean I, you know i didn't partake because i am a citizen of texas and follow the laws here but <laughs> legalized marijuana as far as the i could oh see my gosh, rocky mountain so high many
1: like green
2: green uh like pharmacies quote unquote with the uh
3: well,
5: medical
2: we, sign well, on we it dro- the first time we <laughs> drove by one on a road trip to Colorado last year my kids were like is that a grocery store
3: <laughs> they had, they, and they make <laughs> it they seem Wheatsville, <laughs> they make it seem so kid friendly because they're like come watch our plants grow and yeah. I'm like oh we should take the kids oh wait let's not take that's the kids not, that's, not that's not a good that's right. a terrible idea yeah.
1: did you what's that one famous boulevard that goes through downtown Denver that's where all the beets hung out um, oh, I don't know, but that's it's where kind that of very mid-century. It's where that city motels. park is. Yeah, yeah. we
3: spent time at that city park, and uh, that yeah, was I just cool. I really like Denver. It, it had a kind of a little bit of an Austin-y vibe. Uh, I haven't made it to Portland yet, so I don't know how it compares to that. Yeah, I know.
1: I want to challenge the premise that Denver is the cheaper Portland because you actually haven't been to
2: Portland, <laughs>
3: and, and oh, I mean neither have I.
2: I will just say that Portland. Is more like Austin than Denver is. Oh, I'm sure. It is certainly more uh, that whole funky, weird vibe. You know, you're in Portland at any corner of the street. In, yeah, in there's Portland.
1: that homespun charm, yeah. which I wouldn't say Denver lacks,
2: but it doesn't lead with that foot.
3: But based on watching Portlandia, I think that would get real <laughs> annoying real <laughs> fast. I think maybe Denver is like that good middle ground. Oh, I between... can only
2: handle three days in Portland, you guys. Yeah. It's like, very it's like Vegas.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like Vegas. The oxygen just bleeds <laughs> out of you. Uh, Tali, what do you got this week?
1: Okay, so I went to Santa Fe over spring break, and I actually had a story about it recently in the travel section of your local Austin-American Statesman. So, here's what I liked about Santa Fe. Okay, Santa Fe itself is fine. It's really cool. There's Mielwo. There's a Georgia O'Keeffe Museum. There's everything you would expect to find in Santa Fe. <laughs> lots of Adobe. Lots of turquoise. It's great. But the surrounding parts of Santa Fe are really quirky and interesting. There is this coal miner's town called Madrid. It's it's not even really a town. It's like a street with mm-hmm. um, ten to fifteen former coal miners' cabins that are converted into galleries that are exploding with textiles and gemstones and other neat things, artisan crafts. So Madrid is great, but on the Turquoise Trail, which is... Well, State Highway
3: 41,
1: I believe. The, State Highway 14.
3: The Turquoise Trail sounds like something your aunt would really be into.
1: <laughs> the Turquoise Trail.
3: <laughs> I brought you all turquoise. So,
1: <laughs> so, on the Turquoise Trail, you can just ride along it and find these. They're so small, they're not called towns. They're called a CDP, a census-designated place, mm-hmm. and they're just baffling. It's not a town that... Um, the evolution of industry took out and now it's just like a sad, hollowed out place. It's just a collection of a few houses and a few businesses and they're there. And I don't know how people subsist, like where they go grocery shopping mm-hmm. or where they work, but they're like these little ramshackle villages all along the turquoise trail. Um Cerrios is one that uh, we visited while we were there. And so, yeah, so Santa Fe and also I guess I'm saying greater Santa Fe, like go go off on the Turquoise Trail, take a cool drive,
2: and enjoy the art and the CDPs. Okay, guys. I'm going to give away a secret, only because I know that people are listening, and if they listen this long in the show, I will reward them with the best-kept secret in Wimberley. Oh. Because I've already talked about, I mean, I've told you guys about how much I love Crystal Bridges in Bentonville. I'm getting ready to go to Missouri again and think everybody should go to Silver Dollar City at least once in their lives. It's just crazy theme park in Branson, Missouri but it's so far it's like 10 hours away and it's so far so I'm going to tell listeners something that's local that they can go to and get wet at so the back porch is a restaurant in Wimberley and it's on not on the Blanco River but on one of the subsidiary creeks and it is a mostly outdoor restaurant, but you can buy a, um, a wristband to swim, and you can um, oh. get a canoe and a. We actually rented a stand up paddle board, and it, there's trees, and so you, and you can go and not go to the restaurant and just swim for eight bucks a person, which is essentially what you pay everywhere else in Wimberley if it's open. This is very specific to Wimberley because people in Austin who go on day trips know that unless you have a reservation, you're not getting into the Blue Hole. And a lot of the places, the other day swimming places in Wimberley are not really the same after the flood. Like the Cabin Place 7A is another place on the River Road. It's all like Wimberley insider speak, but... People out there know what I'm saying. So the other day we wanted to go to Wimberley and I f- had heard about this restaurant where you could swim at and we had the best time. We were there for like three or four hours. We did end up getting food, but you don't have to buy food. And they were having a crawfish boil. They have live music and it's just got this it's a just a beautiful scene. And it's uh, at the very end of this, you know, it's like in the middle of this country club. But Wimberley style, it's all very like country very country laid style, back. laid back, and so it's called the back porch.
3: It's like a swim up, like you, you can swim to you, it.
2: Or? You can't actually swim up to order food, but it is a place <laughs> you know into that concept. But like though. off,
3: but like off the river.
2: Right, it's on. It's right on the river. So all the all the tables and stuff. It's all these picnic tables all under these beautiful trees, and then people are like swimming and then coming up to their picnic table where they ordered food thirty minutes ago. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, and then and you can seriously, you can spend all day there without ordering food. Um, and you can actually bring some snacks and stuff and then the restaurant closes at three and they allow even more snacks in the evening time and stuff. So the back porch uh, <laughs> I love Google, this relaxed approach to capitalism. Like we're <laughs> a restaurant that you can bring food. Well they are getting eight bucks a person for swimming. True. Okay. So they're, I'm not crying for this. I am
1: much, literally going to Wimberley next week at Ebroil. So this is very pertinent information to me. Well and
2: the longer you are a swimming hole seeker in this city or area you know how hard it is to find swimming holes. Especially in Wimberley. Especially this time of year when the green Belts dry, especially when Hamilton Pool. You know the bats are, or the birds. Basically, uh, the bacteria levels are too high to swim in Hamilton Pool right now.
1: <gasps> are you serious? Because yeah. we have a reservation there. I would check. Omg. Maybe, so
3: maybe go to Wimberley instead. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so that's my recommendation. Yay! Thanks, guys. Travel well, everybody. That's our show. She's Addy. He's Omar. I'm Tali. Check out the Austin 360 Instagram and Facebook for more about life in Austin. And talk to us on Twitter at loveaustin360. If you liked what you heard today, leave us a review on iTunes or
2: your favorite podcatcher. It helps other people discover the show. I love you so much. The Austin 360 podcast is produced by Alyssa Vidales. The show is made with support from Features Editor Sharon Chapman and the entire Austin 360 staff. Our theme music is from local band Hardproof, which you should definitely check out at hardproofmusic.com.
3: You can find more about the show and its contributors at austin360.com slash loveaustin360. And if you want to pitch an idea for the show or give us feedback, shoot us a note at loveaustin360 at statesman.com or leave a voicemail at 512-445-3672.
2: We couldn't do the show without you, dear listeners, and we can't thank you enough for lending us your ears, your comments, and your Southwest Air Drink coupons. Until next week, we'll see you electric scootering downtown.